Have you ever wished that your world had more magic? Or that your favorite character had survived? How about a full-length spinoff of your favorite childhood series? Then do we have a podcast for you. Happy Friday, everyone. I'm Claire. And I'm Kat. And this is Fire, Whiskey, and Honey, the podcast about your favorite novel-length fan fiction. The Dead of Time! Each episode, we read a chapter of this story. Yeah, we do. Which is rated? What are we rated? Explicit for language and adult situation. There you go. So listen with headphones. Or don't. We don't judge. I will judge a little bit. I had to sit next to somebody and I could hear their really creepy podcast today about murder. And I had to get the name of it from them so I could listen to the podcast. And yeah, no. Listen with headphones and then don't listen to that. Ew! You just wanted me to stop talking, didn't you? It's just like Shrek says, it's better out than in. Yeah, I guess. So, anyway, anyway, so, so, uh, without further ado, here's a recap of last week's chapter of the Debt of Time. Oh, God, my dog just bit my hand. Oh. <laughs> it was like a soft bite, but I still wasn't expecting it. Anyway, Kat, what happened last chapter? Uh, stuff went down. You say that every week. Because it's true. They broke, they broke into the ministry... They stole the thing. They got picked up by the Snatchers. Ron, or no, they they got the thing from the Ministry, um, the locket, and then they went on the run. And Sirius heavily flirts uh, with Hermione because he wants to. Yeah, and then um, ow, fuck. Okay, nope. We have to stop recording because my asshole is biting me, which means he clearly has to go to the bathroom. So, god damn it! I really don't want to start all of this again. I'm just going to let it run. Hannabeth, sorry. It's going to be quiet for a while. Hey, I'm alive. Hi. God damn it, I forgot my fucking phone. And that's what I'm reading off of. Hold on. <sighs> Claire's got issue tissue. Claire got issue tissue. Okay. Also, I realized it's a good thing I went outside because I realized I was previewing the wrong chapter and I was trying to read off of chapter six and that was quite a while ago. So we're on chapter nine, Claire. It's an upside down six. <laughs> okay. So um, chapter eight. What do you remember? We were just talking about this. They broke into the ministry. They got this thingy. Nope, 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 nope. I told you that was episode six or chapter six. Okay. Episode so, six. Same so thing. something happened because Bellatrix is a butthead and then Hermione had the thing in her arm and then you said that that one dude wasn't in the room. So how did he know that that happened? Because it said familiar scar. And then those guys, the, um, what are they called? Like muggle hunters or something. Snatchers. Yeah, they like got them and brought them to like Draco's house and his dad's being a butt nuggets like always. And then Sirius was like heavily flirting with Hermione because he wants to hit that. And um, Ron, can we make Lucius as a butt nugget as a new decal? Sure. Did you know that people call eggs butt nuggets because they come out of chickens' butts? <laughs> I feel like you said that last episode, but it's still fun. But it's true. So anyway, so that happened and then um yeah. <laughs> Alright. Do you remember what happened to Bellatrix? Um No. Sirius ripped her motherfucking throat out. Oh, so she did. She did. And it makes me a little sad because I like Probably one of the biggest moments for me reading the Harry Potter books was when I read Molly Weasley in the books say, not my daughter, you bitch. Because yeah. that was like, I think I literally put the book down, threw my hands in the air and went, woohoo! So, fuck that woman. Bellatrix got her throat out. Um... Yeah. 
So they did the thing where they went to Godric's Hollow and they lost their wands. So Sirius doesn't have a wand. Hermione has a wand. Harry broke his wand. Um, Greyback was with the Snatchers and was the one who was like, "Yo, this isn't a uh, this isn't a dog. This is a human." Um, they got into Malfoy Manor. Uh, they were gonna call Voldemort, and then Bellatrix was like, "What the fuck is that?" Pointed at the sword and was like freaking out stupefying people left and right and then um she had draco and narcissa take sirius into the other room so that she could torture hermione and she put harry and ron down in the uh dungeons like what happened in the movies and um sirius called in a life debt on narcissa which means at some point in time he had saved her life which means she owes him a life debt. And so he was going to call in the ritual like Hermione did to force Narcissa to help him or to let him go. And instead she just let him do what he needed to do. So he didn't actually call in the life debt, which means technically he could call that in the future. Um, But anywho, uh, Sirius had to come to Jesus, talk with Narcissa and was like, look, you're already fucked up. Like, Lucius is going to ruin your life. Voldemort's going to ruin your life. Let me go. So they did. And um, he ripped out Bellatrix's throat. And then Lucius Malfoy crucioed him and was going to. Oh, and then Narcissa stepped in and she was like, no, you're done with this. You're not going to kill him. And Lucius went to kill Narcissa and Draco killed him first. Oh, snap. Yeah, so what ended last chapter was um, kill the beast, Lucius ordered his wife, pointing at Padfoot. Narcissa shook her head defiantly. Lucius, do it yourself willingly, Lucius said with a sneer, or I will make you do it. No, Narcissa stood firm. You've been using the Imperius on me for 20 years, and I'm done being your puppet. You insolent, Lucius hissed as he raised his wand to his wife. Avada! Sectum Sempra! The scream came from behind Lucius, and the elder Death Eater turned with wide, cold eyes to his attacker and toward the wand pointed aggressively in his direction. The wand in Lucius's own hand fell from his grip as blood seeped through his finely pressed shirt. As his body fell forward, Padfoot traced his gaze along the hawthorn wand gripped in the white-knuckled fingers to blemished arm and then to Draco, who stood tall and firm, staring with hard, cold, gray eyes at his fallen father's back. That's intense. It was intense. God, that's such a good scene. All right. Uh, without further ado, on to chapter nine. Oh, last thing. Our wonderful fans have voted on their fan name. They are. So I was going to call them Honeypots, but that's like super inappropriate because... Yeah, honeypots are actually what we use, uh, what the U.S. government uses for um, uh, foreign spies, like pretty women who go into bars to like booze up military guys and then get information out of them. They're called honeypots. So actually, no, I feel like that's not the term now that I'm saying it out loud. But anyway, so mildly inappropriate because it's got some sexual innuendo to it. But dead of time is shortened to D-O-T or dot. So they are now... The honey dots. Ed. Okay. <laughs> like. Sorry. I'm, I'm just... sorry, but that doesn't like sound as cool as it could. Like. Okay. On. Yeah. Well, I'm open to suggestions, but nobody came up with anything other than honey dots. So honey dots will stand until they come up with something cute. Like our little flamies or something. Cumber bitches. <laughs> whisker do's, whisker don'ts. Um, anyway, five points to whoever's house who first recognizes that I'm completely misquoting it, but it's a reference to a movie. And if you get it, you get five points without further ado. Chapter nine, break the rest. March 27th. By the way, this is like, whose line is it anyway? The points don't matter, (laughs) but they do. Sorry, I'm a Ravenclaw. Points always matter. March 27th, 1998. Hermione, love, 
Sirius had transformed and was wiping the blood from his mouth, ignoring the pain still pulsing in his bones. He crawled up next to the witch, cradling her head gently in his hand, combing his fingers through her messy chestnut locks. Her eyes fluttered open and he smiled. Wait, her messy chest- Okay, that's her hair, sorry. <laughs> I was like, wait, Hermione has chest hair, but then I was like, oh, wait. Yes, Sirius ran his fingers through her chest. (laughs) Did you snort? Yeah, like twice. You're super far away from the microphone. Get back here. Oh my god. Don't cry. Why are you so far from the microphone? You're so quiet. I am not quiet. Jesus. (laughs) (laughs) Well, that was annoying. Funny. (laughs) (laughs) Combing his fingers through her messy chestnut locks. Her eyes fluttered open, and he smiled, running his thumb along her cheek affectionately. Hermione, can you say something? he asked, needing to gauge her mental clarity. She winced, the pain from the lingering Cruciatus curse clearly still doing its damage. Sirius, what happened? He followed her gaze around the room to the bodies, the blood, and the faces of Narcissa and Draco Malfoy looking down at them. You're safe was all he was able to say in reply to her question, as he exhaled shakily. Is she going to be all right? Draco asked. Sirius let out a resounding sigh of relief at the comical way her eyes widened in shock, likely over Draco's concerned tone of voice. She'll be fine. She just needs time to, uh, she just needs rest and time to heal. You need to get her out of here, Draco urged, quickly. I need to call the Dark Lord. He lifted the sleeve of his shirt, revealing the dark mark, but not touching it just yet. Sirius looked up at the teen and growled, Excuse me? It's not what you think. Draco held up a hand to Sirius before he acted on the pent-up rage that his killing of Bellatrix had not released. I'm on your side. Sirius narrowed his eyes. Bullshit. I've got Veritaserum if you want to test me, Draco offered. Sirius stared at the boy for a long minute until he felt Hermione grasp his shirt tightly as another wave of pain washed over her body. He peered down at her with worry and then back up at the boy and Narcissa. Go, he said shortly, wondering if he had made the right call. Where are Harry and Ron? Hermione rasped, throat clearly tender from screaming. And did I hear right? Malfoy's on our side? Possibly. Sirius rested his he- her head back on the floor. I'll pick you up, love, but you'll just be in more pain with every move. You need to stay there until it's safe to leave. Then we'll go somewhere where you can heal, properly. His eyes flickered to the word carved into her arm, and he growled. That won't heal, will it? She blinked away a few straggling tears. Sirius shook his head. No, it'll scar. Her blade was cursed. I'm sorry. So am I, Narcissa whispered, kneeling down beside Hermione with a pillow in her hands, eyeing the girl curiously. She looked at Sirius as she moved, showing that she was not going to touch the young witch without his permission. Apparently, she understood how protective he was over Hermione. Sirius lifted Hermione's head to help Narcissa make her more comfortable. What do we do, Sirius? He turned his attention to his cousin. Apparently, we wait for your son. Is he telling the truth? I don't know, Narcissa confessed. I was never allowed in the meetings. Draco always attended with Lucius. He's different around his father and others. At home, here with just me, he's always been a kind friend. I was heartbroken when Lucius dragged him into the inner circle, branding him like that. A few tears escaped from her eyes. I should have listened to you all those years ago. I've got it. Draco said as he entered the room once again. Before he had a chance to reach Sirius, a voice shouted from behind him, Expelliarmus! 
the wand flew out of Draco's grip and he turned, scowling at Harry, who stood behind Ron. They both had their wands in their hands, aimed at the young blonde, who held his hands up as a sign of surrender. You're making a mistake, Potter. Ask your godfather. Sirius? Harry eyed him, keeping his wand trained on Draco. Sirius saw the moment that Harry noticed Hermione on the floor, and he winced at the look of fear crossing the boy's face. Harry dropped his attention from his wandless rival and rushed to her fr his friend's side. Hermione! It's okay, Harry. Listen to Sirius, she insisted. What's going on? Sirius clapped him on the back. First, where's Wormtail? Dead, Ron answered from behind them. His wand still aimed at Draco's face tried to kill Harry until we reminded him of the life debt he owed. When Harry let him go, Pettigrew's silver hand turned and he strangled himself to death. Sirius didn't know how to process the information. A man whom he'd once considered a friend, a brother, was dead. But that same man was the reason for so much pain and evil. James and Lily's deaths, his twelve years lost to Azkaban, and Voldemort's return in the first place. No, Sirius would not warn Wormtail. That's good, actually, Draco observed. It'll help the story I need to create. What's he talking about? Harry asked. If you'd tell your pet weasel to point his wand elsewhere, I'd be thrilled to inform you, Potter, Draco sniped. This is Veritaserum. Pass it to Granger if you don't believe me. She can spot it, I'm sure. Ron snatched the file from Draco's grip and tossed it to Sirius, who handed it over to Hermione. The witch looked at it carefully, uncorking the top and sniffing it. There's no smell. Draco rolled his eyes. Of course not, Drango. Er, Drango, Jesus. <laughs> Drango <Christ>. Unchained! Oh, <laughs> uh, God, I've been up since four o'clock in the morning, and it took me an hour and a half to get home. Um, No, it took me almost two hours to get home. Fuck commuting. Draco rolled his eyes. Of course not, Granger. It has no smell. It's a trick, Ron scowled. It's poison. Someone tell the weasel why that's moronic, Draco jeered. Because the Veritaserum isn't for us, Sirius explained. It's for him. I'll take it, and you can wait and see if I die. Then... One of you can take it to test and make sure I'm not lying, Draco offered, his jaw set tight, his eyes glaring at Ron. Agreed? Honestly, we shouldn't even be dawdling here. Give it to him, Harry said, and watched as Sirius stood to hand the file over. Draco unstoppered the container and used the accompanying eyedropper to place a drop on his tongue. He clearly knew better than to use more. He might have been willing to prove his allegiance, but it would be stupid to let the truth serum stay in his system long enough for his former rivals to take advantage of the situation. Only Black can question, he insisted, handing the file back. Now, one of us... Um... Oh, sorry. Now, one of us, Harry muttered, snatching the file from Sirius. Hermione took it away from him and scowled at her friend. Are you out of your mind? You're worth too much to risk. Before anyone could stop her, Hermione placed one drop of the potion on her tongue. Sirius gaped at her, angry about the risk she had taken. She waited a few seconds and then nodded. All right. Is someone going to ask me something? <laughs> what happened second year when you messed up the polyjuice potion? Ron asked before anyone had a chance to think of a question to verify the potion. Hermione turned and gave him the most heinous glare possible. Harry immediately averted his gaze and awaited the answer. The potion wasn't messed up, she said, the words flying out of her mouth against her will. All too familiar with the effects of Veritaserum, Sirius did not envy her. But I accidentally took a cat hair instead of a human hair and ended up turning myself into a cat. You're dead to me, Ronald Weasley. Jesus. She turned into a cat? Sirius chuckled looking at Harry, who bobbed his head as he stifled his own laughter. Ron snorted in amusement. Well, it's really Veritaserum. She wouldn't willingly repeat that story to anyone outside of the two of us. Why were you br three brewing polyjuice potion in second year? Draco asked, seeming eager to take what little advantage of the situation he could, knowing that Hermione was still under the influence of the truth serum. Because we thought that 
you either were or knew who this hair of Jesus Christ, this is going to be a long chapter. Because we thought that you either were or knew who the heir of Slytherin was. So Harry and Ron polyjuiced themselves into Crab and Goyle and sneaked into Slytherin common room to question you, Hermione blurted out, and then immediately covered her mouth, eyes wide. And I'm the untrustworthy one? Draco scoffed. All right, Black, let's get this over with before it wears off. But at the end of this war, I've got some bloody questions of my own, he said pointing to Harry and Hermione, purposefully ignoring Ron, who still kept his wand trained on him. All right, who holds your loyalty? Sirius asked Draco. My mother, Draco said at once. Not Death Eaters? No, Draco insisted. Are you a Death Eater? Technically, he, sorry, technically, he said through clenched teeth. You said you were on our side. How so? At the end of fourth year, I was recruited as a spy because it was assumed that I would be pulled into the Death Eater ranks because of my father. Therefore, I was deemed a valuable asset, Draco explained. I've been watching, passing information, and helping the Order ever since. Who recruited you? Sirius asked. Severus Snape. Let me hex him! Ron shouted angrily. Severus Snape is a bloody traitor, Sirius growled. He murdered Dumbledore. No, Draco shook his head. I don't know all the details, but I was told that Snape and Dumbledore had some arrangement. After I was instructed to kill Dumbledore myself, Snape took me aside and told me to fulfill the mission as completely as possible, with the exception of actually killing Dumbledore. I was to disarm him and wait for Snape to show up. I didn't know he was going to kill him. He's telling the truth, Hermione said. Even if Snape did betray your precious order, I haven't. Draco insisted. Prove it, Ron demanded. Prove it? I'm under Veritas serum, you fucking idiot. What have you done that can be counted as proof that your loyalty is still with the Order? Harry asked. Draco took a deep breath before returning his gaze to Hermione. Your parents made it to Australia, he disclosed, with a smug look on his face. Hermione gasped in response, her eyes widening. The wizards surrounding her glowered at Draco. They weren't supposed to, for the record. Are we done now? Let him go, Hermione ordered. Ron scowled. Hermione, you can't be serious. Do it, she snapped. What's your plan? Harry asked. You lot take yourselves and my mother out of here. I'll grab Grey back from the other room and bring him in here. Draco said, pointing to Bellatrix's body. She was mauled. The Dark Lord doesn't need to know by what or whom. I'll summon him once you're gone and tell him that Greyback and Scabior turned on us when Bellatrix refused to pay them. We fought, Snatchers died, but Potter escaped because Wormtail betrayed us. He looked to Sirius. See? Works in our favor. And he'll believe you? Hermione asked. I'm an excellent Occlumens, Draco boasted, which is why you're taking Mother with you. She is not. I'm not leaving without you, Nursus insisted. I'm not asking draco glared at her you're a blood traitor now so you stay hidden no matter what he turned to sirius keep her safe sirius looked at the other body on the ground and your father potter killed him draco explained he's already known to be quite effective using the sectum sempra harry glared daggers at him in response what is that uh referencing what Harry being good at Sectum Sempra. The part in the movie where they're on the table fighting each other with magic. Mm, in the second movie? No. No, no, no. This is a sixth movie reference. Yeah, with the one with Gilderoy, whatever the crap his name is, where they fight each other on the table. No, 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 no. Um, Sectum Sempra is the one that slices you up. That's what Snape used to cut off uh, George's ear. And in the sixth book, The Half-Blood Prince, Harry found the Sectum Sempra in the Half-Blood Prince's book, which of course we know is Snape's book. And it said four enemies. And Harry used it on Draco during the little battle they had in the bathroom. And he didn't know what it did. And he cut the fuck out of Draco and Draco almost bled out. And that was how Sirius knew he had the book and why Harry had to get rid of the book. Okay. I didn't read that. 
Harry glared daggers at him in response, but Draco ignored him. Take all the wands. Mother, give me yours. Why can't you just take back your own? Harry asked, holding the wand in his own hand. Priori incantatum, Draco explained. If the Dark Lord suspects me at all, he'll check my wand and see that I was the one who killed Lucius. It's better if you armed me, killed my father, or you disarmed me, killed my father, and took my mother's wand as she escaped. Speaking of escaping, take Ollivander, the goblin, and the other two. Ron and Harry shared a look. What? Draco pressed. They're already gone, Ron said. Gone? How? <laughs> Dobby disapparated them out, Harry revealed. House elves can apparate in places where wizards can't. Oh man, you ready? No. Dobby is pleased to help Harry Potter. Oh god, that was so bad. <laughs> I'm sorry, Dobby. Yeah, I, I don't know how to do a Dobby voice. Oh, buh, 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 buh. where's the words? Where's the words? Da, 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 da. Oh, are you looking for my words? Okay. Where are the words? Dobby. Dobby is pleased to help Harry Potter, a small voice called from above. The group turned their collective gaze upward and spotted the elf hanging on a large chandelier. He smiled down, glancing briefly at the body of his former master and shook for a moment, his large ears flapping. Dobby, can you operate this many people out of here? Harry asked. Dobby nodded, disappearing from the chandelier and reappearing on the floor in front of them all. He looked at Draco for a moment, as if assessing the character of the boy, before smiling at the result and reaching out for Harry's hand. One by one, the group reached out for one another, physically connecting, leaving Narcissa to say a short goodbye to Draco. Sirius lifted Hermione into his arms, ignoring the look of protest on her face. After an adjustment that was only difficult thanks to aching joints courtesy of Azkaban, he tucked one hand beneath her to grab Harry's arm. I'll send a Patronus if I hear any movement, Draco promised. You can make a Patronus? Ron mocked. What is it? A ferret? Why is that funny? Dude, you're killing me, Smalls. You just watched uh, movie five recently. What did Mad-Eye Moody do to Draco? Oh, it turned him into a ferret. Ha ha. Yeah. Get out, Draco growled. And before Ron could say another word, Dobby disapparated them all away from Malfoy Manor. Dobby is pleased to help Harry Potter. <laughs> I'm gonna make you fucking voice Dobby now. April 4th, 1998 The large group had been staying with Bill and Floor for a week and the small cottage was overly crowded Three guest rooms had been set aside for the wounded Griphook, Ollivander, and Hermione who insisted that her room be shared with Luna Dean, Ron, and Harry took refuge on the couch in the floor of the sitting room Sirius had escorted Narcissa to Andromeda's house after sending a Patronus to Remus and Tonks who he knew were living with her how are Narcissa and Andromeda connected? They're sisters? Yes! Excellent. Fantastic. Proud of you. Being the secret keeper for both Andromeda's home and his own, Remus had met Sirius outside the wards in order to allow them all inside. He had been reluctant to shelter Narcissa, but Sirius gave his word that his cousin would behave properly. The two sisters were able to reconnect, though not before a good screaming match that made Sirius groan over his promise to keep Sissa in line. It was not until they discovered the common trait of recently becoming widows that they fell into a puddle of tears in one another's arms. Andromeda had loved her husband, and she had been shunned by her entire family because of him, but he had been worth it to her. Narcissa had feared her husband, and she had lost her entire sense of self-worth because of him. However, for her, he had been worth it all. Because of Draco. Why'd you marry him, Muggle? Mm, mm mm. Not saying a word. Other than just remember, purebloods are kind of like old English aristocracy in that you marry who mommy and daddy tell you to. 
That's messed up. Preach. Fucking patriarchy. Sirius put up a set of incredibly complicated boards around Andromeda's house to protect his cousins, enlisting Bill's help as a curse breaker to test them, just in case. Despite her incredibly distended midsection, Tonks took a turn at testing the ward, since, as an R, she felt very qualified. The women all took refuge in the kitchen to drink tea afterward, while Remus and Sirius vacated to the basement to share some fire whiskey and update one another about the war. Do you just fart? No. Are you lying? Claire, if I farted, I would have said I farted. I did not fart. Did you fart? Did Max fart? Are you hearing farts? Do you hear fart people? I can see it on your sound thing. I'm looking at the little bar and there's like a little boop. Okay, well, I didn't fart. And if I did, how could you hear it if I'm sitting? No comment. How are they? Oh, wait, hold on. God, I have to remember what Remus sounded like. How are they? Remus asked, setting his small glass down on a folding table that sat between the two crates he and Sirius were using as a makeshift chairs. Sirius looked up, exhausted. You mean, how is she? I have a large enough heart to be concerned about the entirety of our side, Sirius. You knew, didn't you? Sirius accused. Malfoy Manor. Bellatrix. Remus inclined his head. And you never told me? Sirius stood and began pacing around the room. I could have stopped it. I was there. If I'd known when and where we were going, what would have happened? You couldn't have done anything more than you've already done. Remus snapped in a harsher tone than he had intended, frowning when Sirius petulantly retook his seat. She showed me in a pensive. When I noticed the scars, I confronted her. That's when she told me everything. We've talked about this before, Pads. She swore me only to reveal it to you, uh, reveal it all to you when the time was right, which she insisted wouldn't be for at least a decade. I took an unbreakable vow. Sirius growled and knocked his glass to the floor with a violent sweep of his arm. Why the fuck would she do that? Because she protects those she loves. And if she had stopped it from happening to her, then Bellatrix would have tortured you or Harry or Ron instead. I should have known, Sirius berated himself, this whole time, my own fucking cousin. He growled again and put his head in his hands. You remember what I told you had happened at Narcissa's wedding. I've never seen her so... Unhinged, Remus offered. Sirius almost laughed. Almost. That's putting it lightly. Her hatred of Bellatrix wasn't about this moment, you know. It had almost nothing to do with what happened to her at Malfoy Manor. Nothing to do with the curse or her arm. It was horrible, of course. Don't misunderstand me, Remus said, putting up a defensive hand as Sirius glared at him. She hated Bellatrix because of you. Because of the Department of Mysteries. She started having nightmares, Sirius whispered, ignoring the guilt that continued to build in his chest. He did not want to know that she was always thinking about him instead of worrying about herself. She's always had nightmares, Remus countered. No, Sirius shook his head. Hermione started having nightmares. This is the source. This is the beginning of them. Maybe that's why she swore me to secrecy. How is that? She took care of us constantly, Remus said always hovering over me, making sure I was healed and never alone. But she was always vulnerable at night. That gave us a chance to take care of her. You can't deny how that bonded us all together. Are you lost yet? Yeah. <laughs> he reached down and picked up Sirius's fallen glass, setting it back on the table and reaching for the bottle of fire whiskey to top off his friend's drink. He slid the glass across the small table and offered a consoling smile. Sirius looked up, genuine anxiety in his eyes. What happens if I can't leave, uh, keep her alive? Any of them. That's the thing about time, Remus reflected, a faraway expression on his face. It's a loop, you see. Every moment has already happened. We're just reliving it. The fact that we still remember everything from years ago, that we remember her, means that she made it through this. The fact that she wasn't entirely broken must mean that it turns out all right in the end. 
That's deep. Sirius glared at him, annoyed. I miss the pessimistic and stressed-out Mooney. How are you this calm with a pregnant wife ready to pop any second in a full moon in a week? Remus smirked, tilting his head to the side as he looked at Sirius. The dosage of calming drought I've been on for the past three months would put a normal wizard in a coma. Sirius openly gaped at him, finally noticing Remus's eyes were hooded, and beneath the lids, his eyes were dilated. You're high? Remus grinned and raised his glass to toast. Cheers to werewolf metabolism, Pads. Jesus. There's something super funny about imagining their teacher getting high. Kind of like when we found out some of our high school teachers smoked pot. Yeah, well. Actually, I'd be more interested to figure out which one of our high school teachers didn't smoke pot. Um, I don't know if there were probably any. certain Mr. Eyebrows. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, eyebrows didn't. No, nope, nope, nope. Anywho, April 13th, 1998. So, what do you want to do with the rest? Hermione asked, holding a bundle of wands in her hand. Her own had been ret- I just realized. They made it out of Malfoy Manor. Yay! Dobby's alive. Yay! What did we say? In second line of every intro is, don't you wish your favorite character had survived? Motherfucking Dobby. Look he at Dobby. On purpose. I mean, yeah, there's characters that survive, but I'd totally spaced that Dobby was one of them. What do you want to do with the rest? Hermione asked, holding a bundle of wands in her hand. Her own had been returned to her, and she almost hated to hold it now, knowing that Lucius Malfoy had used it to cast the Cruciatus curse on Sirius and nearly killed his own wife with it. But it was hers, and she forced herself to hold it affectionately, determined to use it to bring about enough good to counter the evil it had briefly caused. Harry considered the bundle before nodding decisively. Break them he said, and then barely dodged a hex thrown at him by Sirius, who was sparring with him in front of Shell Cottage. You sure you don't want to pick one from the bunch? Ron asked Harry. A small crowd had gathered on the front porch to watch as Harry continued trying to disarm Sirius. Draco's reasonably springy Hawthorne wand obeyed him with ease as though it were his own. Sirius had lucked into finding his original wand among the others they had brought back with them from Malfoy Manor. It had likely been picked up by Snatchers picking through Godric's Hollow after Christmas. No, I need this wand, Harry insisted, as he threw up a shield to block a binding curse that Sirius had sent his way. Ollivander said it's mine, at least for right now. Its allegiance changed the moment I disarmed Malfoy. The wand chooses the wizard. I can't explain it. Ow! He grimaced at Sirius, who had grazed his leg with a mild stinging hex. For the time being, I need this wand. And break the rest? Hermione double-checked Harry's instructions. Yes, Hermione. Those wands belong to Death Eaters and Snatchers. Break them and be done with it all. Gladly, Hermione handled the bundle to Ron, keeping one wand in her hands. With a vengeful flutter in her chest, she snapped Bellatrix Lestrange's wand clean in half and then used her own wand to set the pieces on fire. Feeling a bit more reinvigorated, Hermione grabbed back for the bundle of wands and held it out to Dean and Luna, offering them each an opportunity to select one up as their own, since their wands had been stolen and possibly destroyed upon their capture. Once they had chosen, she moved to snap the remaining wands in all in one go. Wait! Harry shouted. Serious? Pause. I have a better idea. Dobby! The small elf appeared with a loud crack, looking up at Harry Potter with a bright smile. The great Harry Potter calls for Dobby? His tennis ball eye, his tennis ball-sized eyes glanced at, around at the gathered crowd, giving them each a smile. His ears flapping as a soft breeze blew across the front porch. Dobby, I would like you to break these wands, Harry said, snatching the bundle from Hermione and handing it to the elf. Harry Potter wants. Dobby's eyes doubled in size. He immediately began shaking his head. No, no, no. Elves are not to touch the wands of wizards. Mustn't, mustn't. He looked around the porch, nervously wringing his hands. Dobby, don't you dare hurt yourself, Harry cautioned the elf, who began to shake. 
Dobby, these wands did not belong to wizards. They belonged to weak men who abused magic. They weren't fit to be wizards. These wands are tainted with dark magic. They've hurt many people and creatures. They were used to capture and enslave. I think it only right that a free elf be the one to break them and put those evil deeds to rest. Wait, what? So they took all the wands from Malfoy Manor, right? Yeah. So all of the Snatchers, Lucius, all of them. Yeah. They're giving them to Dobby to break. Because they all, all the wands belong to dark wizards who did bad things. Oh, okay. Hermione smiled brightly, ignoring Sirius, who was rolling his eyes behind his godson. Next to Hermione, Ron mirrored Sirius's actions. Luna looked pleased with the idea, while Dean, Bill, and Floor all grinned, encouraging the little elf with their smiles. Come on, Dobby. Er, sorry. Come on, Dobby, Hermione urged. You're better than those wizards. If Harry Potter insists, Dobby said, taking an extremely hesitant step towards the proffered bundle of finely carved wands, each with a different color and core, but all with a history of violence and death. Very slowly, the little elf reached for one wand, a black wand made of elm that Hermione recognized as Scabior's, the snatcher who had brought them to Malfoy Manor. With initial reluctance, Dobby held the wand between his two small hands and clenched his eyes tightly shut, looking as though he were waiting for someone to hit him. When no one made a move, Dobby snapped the wand in half and opened his eyes that now shone brightly in the setting sun. A smile crossed his face and he let out a loud laugh of pure glee, jumping in the air and throwing the broken wand to the ground before stomping on it vigorously. As though it were his new favorite game in the entire world, the elf eagerly reached back into the bottle of wands, snapping each one with enthusiasm, laughing and jumping as each one fell to the ground in an ever-growing pile. Hermione grinned delightedly at the scene, and once the bundle was gone, Dobby looked around eagerly as if he could find more if he just tried. Harry laughed and held a hand out to him. Thank you, Dobby. You've taken a great burden off my shoulders. The elf beamed, taking Harry's hand. Dobby is always happy to serve Harry Potter, sir. Wow. Boom. Chapter over. I feel like that's a cute, lighthearted change because the last episode, the last chapter ended with, you know, patricide. And this one ends with a little... It's kind of like, I imagine if a slave had been given a whole stack of ownership papers and had been told to rip them all in half and set them on fire, that's sort of how I imagine this was for Dobby. It's like Lucius used that wand to hurt him, to make him do bad things, and now he gets to return the favor, so to speak. Yeah. So, with the super confusing bit, do you have any guesses, thoughts, ideas? No imagination. Well, if I had imagination, I would have wrote this. I'm not Spongebob. I don't have imagination. (laughs) (laughs) You did the hand movement, didn't you? You have to do the hand movement or it doesn't count. Preach. Papa, don't Uh, preach. So, that is chapter nine. So, we are... We've got five chapters left before the end of season one. Whoa. And just a quick recap for those of you who don't remember. Ten is so long. Season... That's what she said. (laughs) Jesus. (laughs) oh that's gonna be a long one isn't it this one it looks long but it's also because my dog had to pee and then i had to pee so like there was a solid like five or ten minute break in there where it's just i didn't hit mute so we may have a blooper reel where i'm talking to my dog throughout the house but i saw that I was like, I expected to come back in your sound bar to just be flat. And instead there were waves and I heard you singing and I was like, hey. So yeah, blooper reel, blooper reel will be fun. Um, we are coming up. This episode is going to Fire air Whiskey on Friday. what day, cat? <laughs> well, 
<laughs> Duh. All right, so this is going to air on the 15th. So uh, that means that our, I think, assuming you're not doing anything, I'd like to do our AMA on a life. Sunday, if at all possible. Um, you have no life. I threw the, my neighbor's having a baby shower on Saturday, that's why. And honestly, don't know if the baby's going to wait that long because that little brat's trying to come out fast. He's not actually a brat. He's very, very cute. I'm very excited to meet him. But I want us to do another AMA because we are hitting our second month of being on the air. Woohoo! And I am going to try, no promises, I was going to see if our editor would like to join us in our AMA, our second ever AMA, and talk about the editing process and all of the bullshit she has to wade through to make these usable. <laughs> But if you have any questions, thoughts, concerns, ideas, ideas for decals, things you want to know about us, things you think we should know about you, anything like that, you just shoot us a message. You can shoot us an email. You can comment on our Facebook page. You can shoot us a message. It doesn't really matter. Just reach out to us. We're always here to listen. But we would love to hear from you so that we can talk back to you on the air. I have come to the conclusion that people that eat breakfast for lunch or dinner are just too lazy to make breakfast when they wake up. And coming out of left field, that ball just came right out there. It's true. Sometimes I don't feel like standing there watching eggs cook, so sometimes you just want to eat it later. Yeah, I mean, I love having breakfast, but I might do breakfast for dinner tonight. Because I didn't eat before we filmed this because my stupid commute took... 30 minutes longer than it should have. So it is eight o'clock at night and I have not eaten. And it feels like nine o'clock at night and I have not eaten. My metabolism will hate me, but I'm going to do it. Breakfast. <sighs> Big yawn. Anyway. Thank you for listening to another episode of Fire, Whiskey, and Honey and Shenanigans shenanigans a big special thank you to shailani as always for allowing us to read your story and for listening to this podcast and thank you to blue ivy creations for creating our logo and to hannah beth claire for editing i called, our her, episode. Hannah beth this, I called her hannah beth this whole episode i didn't call her hannah once i just like giving you crap love you hb you can find us on instagram at fire whiskey and honey podcast no e in whiskey and on Twitter, FWH Podcast. If you enjoyed this podcast and would like to support and get extra content, like our AMAs, please support us on Patreon. Thank you to those who support us already because we wouldn't be here without you. Without further ado, our newest list of Fox contributors. Ooh, I shouldn't call it that. That sounds terrible. <laughs> uh, well, first, I'd like to thank our newest donors. We have a new wolf supporter who I actually think donated while we were recording episode 7. Because I he asked what I was doing and I said I was recording and he was drunk. So he donated. So we'd like to give a big thank you to Dan, one of my old co-workers from Virginia. Thanks, bud. I'm Dan. He's hilarious. I've never met him, but he's hilarious. Dan is now one of our sweet, sweet wolf supporters which means he will be getting one of our super awesome currently exclusive fire whiskey and honey decals um and now for our foxes foxes get very excited the order for the two fox specific decals that you guys are getting there is one that you can only only ever get if you're a fox and you are a producer level pr supporter of us the other may go up for sale at some point or we may just use it as a prize we haven't decided yet but there's a decal it's great it contains one of y'all's favorite comments from one of our very early episodes and i'm very excited about it cat don't ruin the surprise but without further ado here's our current list of foxes we have Carissa Horton, Laura Rivers, Kelsey Malilo, Rin Oliver, Elise Wolfson, Krista Swearing, and Sophie Segator, Amanda Quick, Jillian Foles, Martina Tomlinson, Ashley Enstrom, Claire Luciano, Audrey, and our newest one, 
Brittany Lopez. Thank you, Brittany, for joining us. We appreciate you. Also, I feel like there were some of our wolves that I did not name previously, so I'm going to list off a bunch of these in hopes that we had listed you before, and if we didn't, well, you're getting a double shout-out, but we'd like to give shout-outs to Tori Rolfs, Dennis Brochart, Vanessa Anastasia, Katie, Lucy Kolakova, and Aliena. I totally butchered your name, but I think it's Aliena, Aliena, I don't know, it's very pretty looking. But thank you very much. Oh, she's from London. I love her. That's all it takes, folks. All you have to do is be from London, and I instantly love you. All you have to do is have a British accent, or an Australian accent, or a New Zealand accent, or a Southern accent. I like accents. And, oh, no, I can't say that. I was going to say unless it's New Jersey, but my husband's from New Jersey. Oh, my God. Sorry. Oops. <laughs> Sorry, guys. I love you, New Jersey people. I just get to say that because my entire family's from New York and I'm genetically designed to hate everyone from New Jersey. But my best friend and my husband are from New Jersey, so now I'm just- I'm not from Jersey. I'm, my mom is from Jersey. I just talk like I'm from Jersey. Yeah, you should talk like you're in New Yorker. We'll save water. New York's better. We got coffee and dogs. I know, coffee, coffee. What the fuck am I doing? I'm tired. And the only thing I've had for dinner so far involves whiskey. So, hashtag. Okay, y'all, see you next Fire Whiskey Friday and make good choices. Wabam. Wait, Kat. You said you were going to have something for me to say at the end of today's episode. Yeah, Say hasta la pasta, nerds. Suck it, Tremette. <laughs> I'll accept it. Bye, guys. See you next week.